Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Hello and welcome to the following on podcast from Talk Sport. I'm John Norman and today bringing you interviews with England stars Joffre Archer and Mark Wood and Aussie captain Tim Payne. And we'll start with the man who led Australia to their most successful overseas Ashes series since 2001. Not that the team on breakfast wanted to talk about that. When they got him on. Now, in the interest of a weighted argument, and obviously because we're all journalists here, we like to offer the right to reply. You can't just have that. Um, oh, so this isn't going to be awkward, is it? Not at all, not at all. We, we pride ourselves in this kind of thing. Uh, delighted to say that here to defend his honour is Aussie wicketkeeper batsman Tim Payne. Welcome, Tim. Oh, it's Tim Payne. I can smell it, Tim. Thank you, guys. That's a little bit harsh, isn't it? A bit harsh, Tim, Tim. I've got so many things I want to ask you, but firstly, far away, far away. Can you talk me through this? You've had a poo in your pants at the home of cricket, Old Trafford in Manchester. Yep. Why? How? What? Tell us, Tim. Um, well, basically, for I don't know if you remember that Test match which we won um, and retained the Ashes. Um, yeah, I was there for all the every day of it. <laughs> Yeah, I thought I did actually see you a few times drinking a few beers up in the <laughs> up in the stands behind the glass. Non-alcoholic, Tim. <laughs> actually, someone told me that as well. There you go. I know the world's gone mad. Yeah, uh, well, there you go. So we're all doing strange things. Um, but obviously, it, there was a bit of rain around. It was a bit dark. They were eight or nine down. We, we were behind in our overs, and I felt sick. So. I'd known from previous experiences that day that it wasn't going to be all that solid. Um, so I thought I'd just take a punt. And, and it worked out. It worked out okay. So we got the result. I had to run off the ground quickly before the uh, interviews and tidy myself up. But um, look, to be honest, if we got the same result, I'd do it again. And you as captain, was the rest of the team yep. in on what had just happened there, Tim? I'm going to have to go off. I'm I'm feeling sick, and but the overs, as I said, we were down on overs, and it was dark, and I thought the umpire was going to call it off. So I said, I'm just going to have to 
try and hold on, but um, it was sort of in the squatting motion. That everything sort of overwhelmed me. <laughs> you were a wicketkeeper. <laughs> only David and I sort of, well, I wouldn't say saw it, probably heard it. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, so luckily there wasn't an edge though, the next two or three balls. We were in years, obviously, but, um, yeah, um, to say it got a little bit messy out there. I wish I wish you could see Ali McCoy's face right now. Honestly, like, <laughs> Ali, how was that making you feel? Tim, Tim, I've got to say, mate, I, I come from a football or soccer background, and this is all new to me. We usually do our business before the game, or even at half time, yeah. mate, or at the end of the game. But listen, yeah. I sympathised with you yesterday, mate. There's something. There's sometimes, uh, uh, you know, gravity takes over, and there's nothing you can do about these things, mate. Exactly. Exactly right. And I did, I'd been on and off every drinks break, which comes every hour in cricket. Um, but as I said, I, I couldn't have, I, I could not have run off the ground with them nine down. And our coach Justin Langan is saying we're behind on overs. I run in the rooms and he says, "Oh, what are you, what are you off for, mate? Uh, I'm just going to go to the toilet." He would have punched me in the face, I reckon. So. <laughs> Tim, I'm going to. The other, and I chose the other. I'm going to spare your blushes a little bit now um, and move it on to cricket. And when I say spare your blushes, we've sort of we've, we've dissected it as much as we can, really, haven't we? Sorry about that. Um, but it is it is a pleasure to have you on anyway. Um, so why don't we, while we're talking about the Ashes, just relive it a little bit. Um, how how big an achievement was it, and, and how special was it for you guys to go back to Australia with it? Yeah, oh, incredibly special. Um, you know, Australian team hadn't managed to do it for. For 20-odd years, and, and in that 20-odd years, we'd had you know some of the best Australian cricket teams ever, basically, go over and, and fail. And, and for us, probably an unfancied Australian team at the time. Um, yeah, it was a huge, um, huge honour, firstly, to be over there playing in an Ashes series. Um, I gave the uh, Edgebaston crowd a bit of stick, but the crowds over there are, are unbelievable, and the atmosphere and um, the history and, and, yeah, for a young Australian to be able to travel over and, and be a part of it and, and bring the Ashes back was something that, that I and the rest of the team will never forget. I was going to ask you, Tim, as Australian captain, you fold in a long line, your Boons, Pontins, Clark, some great Aussie captains, yeah. and you took over in pretty extreme circumstances after the ball tampering yeah. issues. How has it been for you, Tim? How have you found it? Uh, yeah, I found it. I found it really daunting, to be honest. Particularly in the in the first probably six months. Obviously, on the back of South Africa, that was yeah. that was extremely challenging, um, both from sort of a personal point of view, a team point of view, and, and just public sort of perception. And we were right up against it. Then you sort of mentioned the names who have sort of come before me, and then I'm sort of thinking, Christ, I don't, uh, I don't really belong in those names. But I think once I sort of got over that. Um, and got more comfortable in, in just being myself and um, and doing my best at the job. Then um, the last sort of 12 months, I've absolutely loved doing it and um, I'm looking to continue to do it for a bit longer. I was going to you ask mentioned that. the crowds, oh, but you mentioned the crowds in England, they're very vocal, yep. they let you know exactly what you think. <laughs> How did you find yep. them, Tim? Were they good? They got your nerves? Yeah, it was awesome. It was absolutely awesome. Like I said, we... I knew going over, because I'd watched it my whole life as a kid growing up, and I know the abuse, and we copped a little bit in Australia from the Barmy Army, but it's only a, a small uh, a small part of the, the ground. But um, I think when you go over, now I've come, gone over, been through it, um, come back now, it really is one of the greatest memories I've, I've had in the cricket field, is, is being at, at Edgebaston day one, getting booed, getting absolutely <laughs> nailed, and a lot of it's... You know, abuse. It's not abuse. It's it's just good fun banter, and yeah, they give it, give you a good ribbing. But 
um, yeah, you got to hand it to them. They go, they went all day, every day, and, and like I said, I've got memories now, lifelong memories, and um, yeah, they're, they're moments that I'll certainly cherish. A lot of people, Tim, have been watching the test over here, and and have just thought it's absolutely brilliant, and the access that that was given is incredible. What was it like having cameras follow you around all the time, and was it was it hard to get used to that? Um, yeah, it was. It was hard to get used to. Again, it was sort. It was when it came in as well. It was my first test tour as captain, and and Justin's first test tour as coach. So it was. You know, I think we were sort of nervous anyway. And then you throw into that 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 everything, every team meeting, um, every before and after play meeting, coffee is, is being filmed. So it was it was difficult, but uh, we're really lucky. The guy they got in who was with us the whole time was um, was awesome. Um, and literally within sort of a month, it was. It was just part of it. You didn't even realise he was there most of the time. So um, the boys really embraced it. We're wrapped with the sort of feedback we've been given and um, you know, sort of really proud that we're a bit sort of trailblazer, I guess, particularly in cricket. You know, NFL and, and American sports have done it really well, but Test Cricket's um, been a really sacred place, um, change rooms and team meetings and stuff like that. So for us to open it up and give our fans a bit of an insight has um, has been a really good thing for us and we've connected back with the Australian public and um, and they seem to be enjoying their test team again which is what we want to want them to be doing. One of the things I've not seen the test but I hear one of the things that the coach Justin Langer got you to do was watch the Ben Stokes innings from Headingley. <laughs> now what was that like live Tim? For me it sounds like Edgebaston 2005 where you think you're going to yeah. win but you're never quite yeah. sure. Well, the best thing about it too was JL just—he was okay after the game and and said, you know, we'll get up in the morning, we'll go for a walk and grab a coffee as a team. And boys were like, oh, it's not too bad, I suppose. I think a few of the boys were a bit, bit dusty, but um, we got <laughs> up and we didn't end up going for a walk. We went straight into this room and and he said, right, we're going to walk. We watched the whole last hour every ball oh, and no. went through it and didn't just watch it and just keep watching it. It was like watch, pause, what, oh. why did you do that? Why did you do that? Um, and at the time, particularly for cricket, it was it was it was something that not many of us have ever done to to have every move that you made and every decision you made sort of critiqued and questioned. And um, the first sort of five or ten minutes, everyone was a bit defensive, and then sort of ten fifteen minutes in, it just kicked off. And and from that moment on, it's actually really changed the way we we give each other feedback and we dissect games and oppositions. And um, yeah, so looking back, it's it's become a really good thing for us. Those sort of lessons, I mean, is it not just bad performances or losses that you, you look back on? We also look back on, on the positive performance performances too and, and dissect them in a similar way. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And even when, when you know, you might have, um, you know, there were some parts of the edge bass, uh, sorry, the Headingley test that we did brilliantly as well. Mm. And we speak about that as well. So, yeah, it's just about being open and honest and, and being able to give the feedback and receive it really quickly and, and make changes um, if needed or or pat blokes on the back for doing exactly what we ask them. Sometimes it works out and, and you get the result and sometimes it doesn't, but we've been really strong sort of just yeah. going to that ashes on, on our processes and how we want to play the game and um, and we give each other really quick feedback on that, whether we win or lose. Tim, you said something interesting about when we were talking about the test earlier on and to, first of all, have... have the cameras allowed such access at, at such a time. 
I think is is very brave actually because of what the Australian cricket team were going through at the time and like you say the way that they were perceived in the in the public um yeah and you said you know the the way that they have reacted the Australian public to to having that sort of access and and to seeing you rebuild that team was was so important in the way that they've changed their perception of you perhaps is is the feeling among the public towards the team is everything forgiven now uh, yeah, I think it is. I think, um, you know, we've got to continue to, to maintain really high standards of behaviour. That's that's never going to change. Uh, but, yeah, I think at the moment, um, you know, we set out to sort of try and make sure that the Australian public and our cricket fans are, were really proud of their test team. There's no doubt after a certain period of time that they weren't. But, um, yeah, I think we've been able to turn that around. And um, I think the doco certainly helped that. It's helped the public get to know not just the team, but, but certain individuals and, and, and Fred will know a lot of the time, you know, cricketers can be really harshly treated by mm. media and, and public and um, and they don't actually know them. So I think for the Australian public and for media to get to know the personalities and, and the people that are in our team, not just know them as cricketers, has been um, has been really good. Yeah. You took over the captaincy from, from Steve Smith. Do you think we'll ever see him captain Australia again? Uh, yeah, I think we could. Um I'm, I'm not sure. It'll probably depend on how long I keep going. I'm sort of 35 now, and um, you know, one of the things. Have you, have you just sacked him, Laura? Have you just sacked for a penny? He's come on, and you get rid of him. I'm sorry, Tim. I'm sorry. She's like this today. I'm sorry, Tim. I'd like to win three Ashes before I give it away if I could. But uh, well, you're going to be captain at 70. What's going on, Tim? <laughs> Uh, listen, Tim. We'll let we'll let you go. We'll let you go because I know, obviously, um, it's probably the best time to cut you off. Really, after I've just asked you that question. Um, but you're <laughs> such a good sport to come on and and talk to us about the story yesterday. And um, yeah, give us some proper insight. Thank you, Tim. We appreciate it. <laughs> well, as warm up acts go, that was pretty good. Not that Mark Wood needs uh, anybody to get the audience or crowd lively before he takes centre stage, as he did as a guest of Hawksby and Jacobs. How have you been faring in lockdown, Mark? Have you sort of managed to keep yourself fit? I have. Um, it's been um, actually nice mentally to be away from it. I've thrown myself into, into family life. Um, I missed my son for two and a half months being on tour in South Africa. So to have this little little bit of him um, when I've been at home um, and, and really focus on him and, and family life has been, been quite nice. Um Change a lot of nappies. I'm now <laughs> part fast bowler, part uh, nappy expert. So it's not going too bad. Um, but um, I've managed to keep the fitness up. We've, we've, we've got like a, a, a bike sort of club going, if you want. I'm always at the back, which I'm not happy about. Um, must be to, to do with my sparrow-like legs. But um, it's, it's just <laughs> trying to keep yourself taken over so that when the cricket does start, it's not such a big jump or, or gap in between what we're doing. Must be a bit of frustration because you had a good start of the year and you've had a lot of kind of injury interruptions along the way, Mark. So, I mean, again, I'm sure you were looking forward to a big summer. I was. I think that's the the frustrating thing with everything that goes with my career. It's always been sort of stop-start, hasn't it? It hasn't been a prolonged period. I've, I've done well. I've getting injured and at the wrong time. So, um, it is frustrating, but there's nothing I can do. I've just got to keep mentally taking over. I mean, we've got a We've been honestly the England cricket have been fantastic with looking after with psychologists, with strength coaches, with giving more equipment that we would need, um, nutritionists, like everything. So we've been very, very well looked after. We're very lucky 
Um, but cricket's had to take it, it itself on the back burner, hasn't it? It's the right thing to do. I mean, we're all itching and ready to go if if needed, but um, until everything's safe and 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 proper, it's going to have to going to have to wait. You always look as if you love playing cricket. It's a, it's a great thing to watch. You know, you look like you're having fun, which I know it's top-level professional sport, and that isn't always easy. So it, is it the way it looks? Do you really love playing? I, I really do. I really do. And I think there's been times where I haven't performed well, when I forgot when I forgot to enjoy myself, where I forgot to have fun. Um, speaking to Chris Silverwood, the head coach, when he, when he came in, he said he didn't want anything else but... Um, for me to, to enjoy it and be a, a smiling assassin when I bowled. So I took that literally. I was like, right, okay, smiling assassin it is. And that's the role I'll perform, uh, perform to. And I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed having fun out in the field and, and playing as if it's a, a game um, with my local club, Ashington, or um, with my mates at the park. I feel, I feel like if I can stick to th- those enjoyment levels and, and keeping it relatively simple, then that's when, that's when I perform better. Now, uh, one, one thing lockdowns. Oh, sorry, sorry Andy, carry on. No, you carry on. Yeah, no, I was going to say one thing lockdown has done is it allowed us to reflect on some of the great moments last year, and it was a fantastic year for cricket, the World Cup. I don't know how much you've seen of that, and even the the uh, documentary on Amazon, the Test, which is fascinating as well, uh, where you nearly hung on with Stokes. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. So, have you had a chance to reflect on that great year? Um, I've got the World Cup on repeat in this house. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> um, I think obviously the hype going around this time last year with the World Cup being around the corner, it's got such a different feel to it now, hasn't it, compared to what it was like then? And, and thinking back to the nerves before games and what it was going to be like and uh, would I even make the squad, things like that. So it has a very different feel to it, obviously, this year. Um but, and I mean, the only thing I haven't watched is when you mentioned the test there, I haven't watched the test and I probably should. The reason I, I just cannot bring myself to watch the Aussies, I just, for some reason, I just think <laughs> I can't, I can't bring myself to, to give them another viewer so that they think it's a success. I mean, not that I, my one view will come, but I need to probably watch it just so I can get a little bit of insight and, and maybe a few of their characters and maybe then you could pick out a weakness. Absolutely. But I haven't brought myself to watch it yet. It'd it's be good a, it, from that point of view. It it's would. a sledge, isn't it? I mean, there's something you can... I mean, Tim Payne, next time you play against him after the papers stuff yesterday, where he admitted that uh, he soiled himself because <laughs> uh, he was worried about going off because the, the umpires yeah, might take you all pure off. ammunition, that, isn't it? That is just ammunition. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, yeah, let's hope not. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. It would be ammunition. <laughs> now, Joffre Archer's on drive later on with Goffey and uh, Adrian, and uh, it's, we can hear a little bit of it now. You can hear it played out about quarter past six, but... Goffey asked him about his partnership with you and the other quicks mm-hmm. in the England team. The good thing for you, Joffrey, now is that Mark Wood is fit now and he bowled really, really well in South Africa. And it gives England some serious, serious firepower. And no matter where they go in the world, whether it be India, whether it be Sri Lanka, whether it be New Zealand, South Africa, it's always good when you've got one or two or even three fast bowlers in the lineup. Yeah, it is, you know, and a good team always has strength and depth. And, you know, the more bowlers that we have that are up and firing, the better chances the team have of winning. And that's all we play for, really. We play to win. You know, we play to, to get that number one head spot. There we are, Jeff Archer on drive at quarter past six with Goffin Edge. You must, you must <clears> love <throat> working with him, Mark. When he's, when he's in full flow, he's, he's a joy, isn't he? 
he's a mixture of a joy and pure frustration because I think, <laughs> how does he do it so easily? I'm like breaking every bone in my body to try and bowl fast. And he just looks like it's just a, a, a walk in the park. Um, mm. But it, it's great. Honestly, it's great to watch Joffre when he's in full flow. He's, um, he's a, a bit different and a bit special. Like you, you see like certain bowlers, especially fast bowlers. I'm talking fast bowlers. You see certain fast bowlers and you think, oh, that, they're good. But you can notice something different about Joff. Um, I mean, the, the cool, the cool, calm and collected nature that he's got and the skill level that he's got. I mean, a lot of people don't realize actually how skillful he is as well. It's not just that he can bowl fast. He can bowl in swing, out swing. And he's one of them frustrating people where he's just naturally seems to be good at everything where you put anything in front of him and he, he's, he's, he's brilliant at it. So, um, he certainly helps me when I play and I hope I help him when I play as well. And we formed a good partnership, um, in that World Cup team. So, um, hopefully we can get a few more games together. One final quick one, Mark. It looks like sports people in all different sports may have to find themselves going into isolation and being based all together so they don't spread the virus mm-hmm. or, or pick the virus up. I mean, in some ways, cricketers are, uh, they're used to that kind of thing, aren't they, on long away mm. trips? Do you think that might, that would help if you were in that situation? I think so. I think we've got to be careful as well. I think it, it would be like being on an overseas tour, but, um, I mean, it will feel different. I think we've got to acknowledge that, and I'm sure we'll have the support we need and things, and it'll be interesting to see how it works around families because we'll obviously be, um, I would imagine, locked down in a group um, together with just players and management. So um, obviously safety will be the main thing on everyone's mind, but um, in terms of like getting on with each other and, and knowing how it's going to work, it'll feel slightly different, but I think we'll be used to that sort of environment where it's sort of like being... I know it'll be in my home country, but it'll be like being on tour, I guess. So from one fast man to another, Joffre Archer, a guest on with Goffey and Adrian Durham on Drive. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados. Truly the best place to be a cricket fan. 
Archer is in. Oh, that's an absolute beauty. And he's nicked off Dean Elgar. He's taken the glove. Josh Butler is diving away to his right, almost down the leg side. And that is the breakthrough, another breakthrough that England wanted. And that is more like the sort of venomous delivery that we're wanting from Joffre Archer. 29 for three now. So let's speak to a man who took English cricket by storm in 2019. Joffre Archer is with us on Drive on TalkSport. Joffre, how are you keeping? Yeah, I'm keeping well. I'm making the most of the situation that's going on. We just want to go through your um, debut, uh, Joffre, uh, when you met, played for England. It was after the World Cup, a successful World Cup. You'd had a little bit of a, a rest. You come back into that test match at Lords. What was the feeling like going out there, representing England in a test match at Lords? Going back to Lords, obviously, having just won the World Cup a few weeks ago, and I usually do pretty well at Lords, so I was probably a bit confident. Going back to, to start my test career, um, it probably went a bit more successful than I thought it would have. I thought I probably would have gotten one wicket and that was it. But um, I got a few more than I hoped for and I'm really happy for that. I mean, the first day uh, was rained off, wasn't it? Um, so that would have been a bit of a, um, a sickness for you, Joffre. But when you got, um, obviously, um, England went out to bat. They got a few runs on the board and Australia finished... Uh, one down. You did get an early wicket though, didn't you? You got that wicket of Bancroft. Did that settle you down a lot, getting that first wicket? Yeah, it did. Um, I thought, you know, I thought I would have had to go on a bit longer to get my first ball. Now, you know, some guys debut and they have to wait to the second inning or maybe even the second game. So I'm really glad that I got it. I think it was 11 balls in. I can't remember, but I know I didn't have to go as long as I thought I would have. Yeah, yeah, you got Bancroft pretty early on. Uh, you ended up uh, with a few wickets, a couple of wickets in that first dig. But th the big talk of Lord's Test and the build-up was all about uh, Joffre Archer and the pace he brings to the England side. They were desperate to get you into it. And that day for me showed why Joffre Archer, Archer asked to play for England. That pace you bowled to Steve Smith, that one spell you bowled where every single ball was over 90 miles an hour. That must have took a lot out of you because that was some serious wheels. It probably did. I didn't feel it at the time, you know. Um, your adrenaline is going, your blood's pumping, it's a hot day. So I guess probably got into it a bit more than I realised. But the crowd was really behind you, wasn't it? That must have been a good feeling. When, having been there myself, not bowled 95 miles an hour, by the way, but yeah. having been there myself and play at Lords. And when there's a full house there and you're bowling quickly and things are happening, you're bowling to one of the best batsmen in the world, if not the best batsman in the world, and you're making him hop around. Did you feel that atmosphere? Did you feel uh, that excitement of bowling at the top of your game? Yeah, I did. And it's always a great crowd when you play at large. You know, every time the ball gets back, you'll hear fools or ads or, you know, if a good shot is played, you know, they let you know that a good shot was played. So... Oh, look, yeah, it was a really, really good day, a really great experience. What was that feeling like for you as a fast bowler, Joffre? I mean, um, when someone bowls over 90 miles an hour, over 85 miles an hour in, in a lot of cases, and you hit someone on the head and you saw Steve Smith go down, what was that feeling like? What was going through your mind at that point? Was it just to get away from it and you didn't want to see him, you just want to get back to your mark and get on with the bowling? It was hard to tell in the moment where it actually hit him because the ball went, probably to like, did it go to like fine leg? It went to a fine leg and it went pretty quick. So my first reaction is that 
to hit the helmet, you know. And then it only after probably a few seconds after when you went down, everyone went to run and was like, oh no, it didn't hit the helmet, you know. Obviously, had to stop it still a few years ago, and I think anything that genuinely hits you in that vicinity is going to be trouble. And I'm just glad that he came out on the other side of it, he came out and he was back to playing in two games. But that could have gone totally, totally wrong. Were you surprised he came back out, though, uh, Joff? I mean, he was on, um, I think he was on 82, wasn't he, when he, uh, he went out, out, out on 80. I think he was on 80. And then he came back out, didn't he, just a few overs later, nine overs later, and he just swung from, he just kept swinging, he hit three fours, and then he uh, and then he got out. And then history was made, because it was the first concussion substitute where Lavishan uh, came into bat in the second innings. That must have been strange for all the players, having a concussion substitute. Yeah, um, so I wasn't surprised when he came back out and back because um, I, I played with him in India and we all know he's hard for cricket and to be honest, even if he didn't come out then, he would have came out as a last batter. Um, the concussion wasn't too weird because they just brought it up in Copti cricket the year before. So it wasn't mm-hmm. too weird. Well, I don't know. I'm speaking about myself because we actually had one on. Um, our skipper went down with the concussion as well, so it wasn't too weird. A bit upset actually that the replacement batter came in and batted so well. Mm, yeah, exactly. I mean, it was amazing really for him to come out. Listen, and when it comes down to it, England went on, you went on and declared in that second innings, Joffrey, it gave you a little bit of a rest, but you came out firing in that second innings. There wasn't long, uh, it was the last day, there wasn't looked like it was just going to be a drawn game, but you gave England hope on that uh, final day, didn't you? you got uh, two pretty uh, wickets pretty quickly. You got Warner and Kawaja, and it gave England some kind of small chance yeah, of um, that game. Yeah, it did, and even down to the last last over, thought that we could get a wicket at any point. I think Lichy bought the last one, and it didn't really spin huge, but it was really accurate. And at any point, we thought we could get any of the last two passes out. But we all knew if the rain hadn't fallen the first day. There would definitely have been a result in that game as well, and I think we've done we've done really well to even get into that position, also. Yeah. So, so you finished that game, uh, Joffre, with five wickets in the game. You bowled quite a few overs, um, so it was an impressive test test debut. You were all over the newspapers, all over the TV. People were talking about it's going to be an exciting series, uh, but it just goes to show. Test cricket, Joffre, is hard, isn't it? I mean, you went on to Edinley. You bowled really, really well there. I was there uh, when you picked up 5-4, bowling up the hill. I didn't think you liked bowling up the hill, did you? You picked up 5-4, but I think you preferred bowling down the hill at Edinley, didn't you? Well, I didn't really get the chance to bowl down the hill much. Um, obviously, the guys with the, with the more strike took the other end. And that's fine. Um, I bowled that end a lot in the World Cup anyway, so it didn't really matter too much to me. Do you feel as though you're learning all the time, Joffrey, still? Because people have got to remember with you is that you are still pretty inexperienced. You've played a lot of T20 cricket, um, some of the best T20 cricket. You can play with the IPL experience, um, playing for Sussex, playing in, in Australia. But do you still feel as though you're learning every single game you play for England? Yeah, I did. And especially over the winter, uh, I've never played a cricket match with the Red Cookerboro ball before. So, you know, Rachel was a, a learning curve for me. Yeah, and I think people do usually forget that I've only just started playing. Only a year has passed. Um, two weeks ago or last week? 
Yeah, I've only ever been playing a year, and that's just weightball. I haven't played test cricket for a year yet. So, you know, people <laughs> just usually forget and think that I was around a long time. Even um, even Sat said it to me uh, when we was on tour. Um, yeah, we are. You remember what we did such and such a tour ago? I was like, Sat, I've only been here two or three months now. <laughs> I wasn't there. And he was like, oh, yeah, he forgot, you know. I mean, I've been there, Joffrey, and I know it's a very difficult uh, situation because uh, the way you bowled in the World Cup, which was absolutely fantastic, a World Cup winner, having the guts to bowl that last over, England winning, then going on to Test match, bowling against one of the best players in the world, Steve Smith. That expectancy, because you came onto the scene with such a bang, it's going to be hard for you to uh, to live up to, isn't it? And I've seen you as an individual. I know you'll be able to deal with it, and I know uh, you'll bowl quick, but I think England have got to manage you really, really well, I think, over this next three or four years. Do you understand that? Yeah, I do. And I think they've done a pretty good job up till now. Obviously, with the injuries, it doesn't look that way. But even before he came into the, to the team, like, even before the World Cup started, you know, they, um, they played in two of the five match series. Um, after that, they've given me loads of time, loads of rest before the Ashes. Um, yeah, I, I had a, I think I had ten days off before the mm. Edgbaston test, and they still didn't play the Edgbaston test because they didn't think it was ready. So, you know, I think they've done an amazing job up to now. Obviously, you can't stop injuries, and you never know when you're going to get injured. But I think they've done a really, really good job. The good thing for you, Joffrey, now is that Mark Wood is fit now, and he bowled really, really well in South Africa. And it gives England some serious, serious firepower, and no matter where they go in the world, whether it be India whether it be Sri Lanka, whether it be New Zealand, South Africa, you've got some serious firepower and you can probably alternate and rest you when you're feeling a little bit tired. And it has been an hard test match. You might get a test match off. So uh, it's always good when you've got one or two or even three fast bowlers in the lineup. Yeah, it is, you know, and a good team always has strength and depth. And, you know, the more bowlers that we have that are up and firing, the better chances the team have of winning. And that's all we play for, really. We play to win, you know. We play to, to get that number one test spot. Are you back bowling now, Joffrey? Off the shoulder, and I saw Ben Stokes were bowling at his garage the other day. Have, have you been able to get <laughs> bowling in there? Yeah, I've been bowling in the tip, well, not the tip, well, the tennis ball in the garage at the moment. Um, I actually might get some of those weighted balls. That'll be the next step forward. Uh, I've got uh, the permission from our physio and doctor that I can go ahead and yeah, exciting times. And you're hoping to play against the West Indies this summer. If we can get some cricket on in July, that's going to be the next series. You must be really excited about that. Yeah, I am. Well, I'm excited to play any cricket. It doesn't matter who it's against. You know, I've been off. I've been off since January and we're in May now. It's almost six months. It's been a while. It's been a while, and <laughs> yeah. I'm just ready to start cricket again. Brilliant stuff from the TalkSport team. Hope you enjoyed listening back to a, a pick of some of the, the very best cricket interviews on TalkSport. And uh, the following on podcast will be back in a couple of days. At the Cricket Collective, a sit-down interview between Neil Manthorpe with Alan Donald and Steve Harmison will be arriving in your podcast feed uh, any day now. Thanks for listening on Acast, Spotify or Apple Podcasts. This has been the following on podcast from TalkSport.
The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.